Hello, my friends. My name is Madge, and this is the MadgeCast, where each week we try to make some kind of sense out of the Bananagrams world we find ourselves living in. Uh, this week was International Women's Day, and I spent that day in Indiana on a business trip. A uh, large chunk of the day, I was sitting on an airplane that was delayed, so um, I sat there getting drunk and shopping for makeup on my phone, so I don't know, kind of liberated? Maybe not a lot? Not sure how to parse it, to be honest, but after drinking all the Moscow mules they had available on board, I finally made it home. Uh, then Saturday, I went to an ACLU resistance training at a cooperative house here in Boulder, and that was pretty great. Um, I've been traveling a lot lately, like every other week, and honestly, I find that it leaves me feeling a little disconnected from the world and from the resistance specifically. When I'm traveling, I'm usually on site with customers, and who knows how any of them voted, so it's not like I can just whip out my phone and call my representatives about protecting the ACA. Uh, it's hard for me to feel like I'm properly pulling my resistance weight when I'm traveling. So the ACLU house party was a good reset for me. Like, okay, here's what's happening. Here's some other people who feel the way I feel. Let's see what we can do together. Um, it was live streamed across the internet to, I think they said like 200,000 people around the country. And the content was really great. Um, they had several of the ACLU lawyers speak about different issues. Um, one of the lawyers spoke specifically about free speech and um, spent a lot of time detailing the rights that you have when you go out to protest. Other speakers uh, focused on immigration, um, talked about their initiative to make what they're calling freedom cities across the U.S., um, laying out some actions that we can take to fight locally. And uh, Padma Lakshmi uh, closed the thing down with her uh, with a speech about growing up as an immigrant in the United States and being really um, scared about how that is looking now. One item that they shared that I really loved was about the value of protests. Um, it's not just about the, the feeling that you get when you go to the protest, and it's not even just about impacting policy. A lot of the power of protests comes from changing the narrative. And if I think about that, that's really true. I mean, the narrative of the Donaldson administration so far has been about the resistance at least as much as it has been about him and his people being world-class assholes. And it reminded me that we are all writing the narrative of what's happening in this world all the time, right now. Uh, I've said it on the podcast before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. What we do really matters, even if it doesn't always feel like it does. And so um, I'm really grateful to everyone who is standing up and linking arms to fight. Now, we all need to take a break now and then. Uh, yesterday, I spent some quality time leafing through fancy design magazines at Barnes & Noble. And uh, this morning, I drank a lot of tea and read a frivolous memoir about a young woman in Paris and uh, went out for Indian food with my husband. But um, I feel like the biggest danger is for me uh, and personally is the idea that I might 
slide back into the complacency that I had before the election. And I really don't want to do that. I really don't want any of us to do that. So, um, you know, rest is good, self-care, taking a break, all good things. Um, But complacency is a place that I cannot live again. Um, And honestly, (laughs) it feels like this has been going on for 40 years. I mean, the way I'm talking about it, it's like, you know, um, like it's been going on forever. But this fuckhead has not even been president for two months yet. And that is a horrifying thought in some ways, right? Like, can we take 46 more months of this? Can I? But I do get some comfort out of realizing that we are all going to have the habit of participation in democracy quite well established by the time he's out of there. And hopefully we will never fall back into sitting on the sidelines and kvetching without taking action. So um, that was a great thing that the ACLU did yesterday. I will put a link up to it uh, in the show notes if you want to watch it. It's a really great way to spend an hour if you are feeling a little depleted, a little disconnected, and you want to get back in the fight. Something else that I've been thinking about this week that I wanted to talk about with you is about the concept of hierarchy in our culture. And hierarchy structures so much, um, and some parts of it are visible, and some parts of it are invisible, but it really determines how we structure our society, um, how we decide who has power and who doesn't, and even how we decide who we're going to listen to and who we're going to dismiss. Now, right now, in my view, our culture is built on a whole mess of made-up hierarchies, And these are the hierarchies that tell us things like white people are better than non-white people, men are smarter, more suited to power than women, Um, that people with slim bodies are morally better than people with fat bodies, that cis straight people are natural and good, and everyone who is not cis and not straight is an abomination under the Lord, (laughs) Um, that people with money are in every way superior to people without it. And this is a huge one. The, the money one dictates dictate so much else. Um, but these hierarchies, they've been handed down to us throughout our, our history and our culture. And they overlap and interweave with each other. Uh, it's almost like they form this huge multidimensional organizational chart of humanity. Um, and it's shaped like a pyramid with rich old white dudes at the top and everyone else falling into the structure somewhere below. But the crazy thing about this is every last one of these hierarchies is 100% arbitrary. It's completely made up. There is nothing real in them. And we see evidence with our own eyes every day that contradicts these hierarchies. We see super awesome non-white people, brilliant women, gorgeous fat people, perfectly normal folks who happen to be trans or queer, rich people who are dicks and poor people who are super cool. So, um, you know, the most recently developed part of our brain knows that these hierarchies we're raised with are not true. And yet there are other parts of our brains that are um, developed further back. And there's thousands of years of cultural history stuffed in there too. 
and um, those less developed parts of our brains and those many, many centuries of cultural history, they run the show a lot more than many of us would like to think. Now, I'm not trying to say that we should flatten everything out. I am not saying that hierarchies are bad, not at all. All I'm saying is that the hierarchies that we should value are the ones that are real, that can be observed empirically. Like uh, if someone's really good with math and really fluent with it and someone else isn't. In that case, the person who doesn't know as much should try to listen to the one who does. Um, Regardless of any of the made-up hierarchies, it's pretty easy to tell, oh, this person knows what they're talking about, uh, or this person paints beautifully, or this person is super compassionate, or this person is really funny and insightful. Um, You can tell that in the moment. You can see that. You can feel that. And that is what I call a real hierarchy. Uh, The greatest example I've seen of this recently is this guy named Chris Jackson, who plays George Washington, or who played George Washington in uh, the Broadway show Hamilton, which, yes, I continue to be obsessed with 18 months after seeing it. But when you see this man, Chris Jackson, there is a moral gravity to him that you can perceive. You can perceive it just by looking at him, just by hearing his voice, just by listening to what he says. You can tell that he's a leader Um, You can tell that people just by default want to listen to him. Um, And a lot of people have this kind of gravity. Um, Barack and Michelle Obama, both of them have that going on too, right? A weight and a substance that makes you sit up and pay attention to what they're saying. Um, And there are all kinds of real hierarchies like this that we can perceive for ourselves. And I think that it's good to recognize these kinds of hierarchies, right? Because um, it means that we, if we can tell who knows stuff and who doesn't know stuff, then we can try to learn from the people who know stuff. Um, If we can tell someone is really good at science or singing or leadership, um, it means that we know that they're a person that we can look to for guidance on those things. We don't need to get mad at them for being good at something. We can try to learn from them. And I feel like a lot of the problems with where we are right now stems back from the fact that so many people have stopped caring about or even being able to perceive real hierarchies because their vision is clouded by all these made-up ones, right? So um, who has the most money? What color skin do they have? What God do they believe in? Are they male or female? Do they have a disability or not? Most of the time, it's unconscious, but make no mistake, these made-up hierarchies are woven into how we see the world. It's like a lens that we look through that was given to us as we grew up in this culture. And many, many times, looking through this lens of made-up hierarchies makes it impossible for us to tune into the real ones. Like... um, Imagine someone who deeply believes that Muslims are evil and can't be trusted. What happens if that person then meets a Muslim who has that moral gravity I was talking about, or who is a fantastic doctor, or a beautifully expressive and insightful writer? 
uh, which is which perception is going to win? Is it the pre- the pre-existing idea that Muslims are worse than Christians, or is it the perceivable ability of the singular human being standing in front of you? Too often, and more often recently, it seems the fake hierarchy wins out over the real one. Too often, we trust these made-up hierarchies more than we trust the actual evidence of our um, of our senses, and that's how we ended up with forty percent of the country having a broken brain. I think. Um, but the thing is that these made-up hierarchies, they're like a house of cards, right? As soon as the wind starts blowing, they fall apart. I mean, we've seen this with Don the Khan already, right? He's only in charge of the free world because people still respond to made-up hierarchies about how having money means you're a good person or how being a white dude means you're a better leader. But as soon as shit gets tough, he crumbles because he's standing on nothing, Now, with someone like Obama, you saw how he responded when shit got tough. It didn't rattle him. He held it together and kept learning and kept making decisions. He didn't whine and point his finger and throw everyone under the bus because he was standing on something that was real. He was standing on his knowledge, his training, his preparation, his focus. He wasn't just coasting on having been born into the highest point of the made-up hierarchy pyramid. So um, I have no doubt that the Donald's administration is always going to be floundering. Every day that he's in the White House, he's going to fuck something up. Uh, But the thing that concerns me is how so many of us have lost the ability to trust our own eyes and ears. Like, I don't know how you can look at the Donald and not see that he's entirely full of shit. It's incredibly obvious if you pay attention even a little. But he's rich and white and old and a dude, right? So obviously he must be a great business person and we should definitely trust him, right? Anyone with eyes and ears should, should be able to see that the Donald is a con man. But they can't because they're buying into the made-up hierarchies. They are using the wrong kind of points to keep score. Um, and even I find myself doing this sometimes. Not to the extent of the Trump Luddites, no, but you know, sometimes I feel a little cowed talking to people with more money or power than me. Um, sometimes I walk into a room and there's a bunch of people sitting at a table, and I assume that the person uh, with the power is the oldest white man I see when that's not true at all. So it's not just a problem that conservatives have, we've all been raised to make these assumptions to slot the people we meet into this massive hierarchical structure. I think the trick is to learn how to see ourselves doing it and make the choice to trust our eyes, ears, and guts more than the made-up hierarchies that have been handed down to us. I'm working on it, right? Um, At least I'm trying to notice when I find myself slotting people into the massive planetary org chart before I even know who they are and what they're capable of. What I'm finding is that the people at the bottom of the pyramid, uh, of the made-up pyramid, often end up near the top of the real one, and vice versa. Like, I mean, (laughs) there's no better evidence of this than the fact that Don the Khan is the most powerful man in the world right now. God help us. 
but he is also one of the worst human beings I have ever laid my eyes on. So clearly these made-up hierarchies are bullshit. There is nothing useful or good in them. They only serve to give the weak-minded a simple-ass way to think about the world that doesn't hurt their brains too much. Um, and we need to take them down. And I think the way we do this is by training ourselves to notice real abilities, real contributions, real aptitudes and skills and competencies. Otherwise, we're just going to end up continuing to live in upside-down land. And I don't want to do that anymore. I would like things to go back right side up, please. All right, so... Um, that's what I'm thinking about. Hierarchies. Would love to hear your thoughts on it too. Um, if you want to talk to me, email me at belesscrazy at gmail.com. If you want to read my book, Be Less Crazy About Your Body, you can grab a free copy by signing up for my mailing list at belesscrazy.com uh, in the right side of the screen in the sidebar. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review there too if you want. Uh, and as always, I thank you for listening and for sharing your thoughts and sharing the podcast with whoever you think it might be useful for. I hope you are well. I hope you are building a good, sustainable resistance practice. And I hope you are taking care of your beautiful self too. Stay strong, my loves. <laughs>